0: Invasive species. I think most of us know what they are, but if you're new to this, invasive species are organisms that are not indigenous to a specific region. These organisms can cause great economic and environmental effects. In fact, approximately 42% of endangered species are at risk due to invasive species. Today, we are going to explore the effects of these invasive species and how we might go about solving this rising problem. Welcome to the first episode of The Legendary Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about invasive species, their effect on the environment and economy, as well as how we might go about solving this problem. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. First, it is important to know that not all non-native species are invasive. For example, most of the food crops grown in the United States, including popular varieties of wheat, tomatoes, and rice are not native to the region. To be an invasive species, an organism must be able to adapt to the new area easily, meaning they have no trouble finding food or surviving their new environment. The organisms must be able to reproduce quickly, and it must harm the property, the economy, and or the native plants and animals of the region. Many invasive species are introduced into a new region accidentally. For example, zebra mussels are native to the Black Sea and Caspian Sea in Central Asia. However, zebra mussels arrived in the Great Lakes of North America accidentally stuck to large ships that traveled between the two regions. There are now so many zebra mussels in the Great Lakes that they have threatened native species. This is a great example of the effects invasive species can have on the environment. Another thing to know is that invasive species don't have to come from another country, just another region. For example, lake trout are native to the Great Lakes, but are considered to be an invasive species in Yellowstone Lake in Wyoming because they compete with native cutthroat trout for habitat. Lastly, invasive species can be anything, plants, insects, reptiles, amphibians, birds, mammals, anything. They can be big or small, come in any size and be just as destructive. We are going to be exploring some of these organisms today. Now, let's get into the bigger parts of this episode. Who are these invasive species? What are they causing to happen to the environment and economy, and how can we stop this problem? Well, invasive species are here mostly due to human activities and are often unintentionally introduced, like the zebra mussels I mentioned before. International and interstate travel can cause species to accidentally be transferred to regions that they are not native to, Many times these organisms can get onto ships while they are traveling, making it pretty hard to prevent the accidental introduction of invasive species. However, this isn't the only cause. Invasive species can be introduced through people releasing unwanted pets or intentionally. That's right, intentionally. Many times these species are released as a form of pest control. Other times introduced species are brought in as pets or decorative displays. People and businesses that import these species do not anticipate the consequences. Even scientists are not always sure how species will adapt to a new environment. Introduced species can multiply too quickly and become invasive. For example, in 1949, the five cats were brought to Marion Island, a part of South Africa in the Southern Indian Ocean. The cats were introduced as pest control for mice. By 1977, about 3,400 cats were living on the island, endangering the local bird population. Other invasive species descended from pets that were escaped or released into the wild. Many people have released pet Burmese pythons into the Everglades. This is probably the one most Americans know the best. These huge snakes can grow up to 6 meters or 20 feet long. Pythons native to the jungle of Southeast Asia have few natural predators in the Everglades. They feast on many local supplies and species, including white ibis and limpkin, two types of wading birds. Ultimately, invasive species cause a lot of harm. Some of the harm they cause begins with the native wildlife. When a new and aggressive species is introduced into an ecosystem, it may not have any natural predators or control, like the Burmese python. It can breed and spread quickly, taking over an area. Native wildlife may not be able to evolve and defend against the invaders, or they may not be able to compete with a species that has no predators. The direct threats of invasive species included preying and native species, outcompeting native species for food or other resources, causing or carrying disease, and preventing native species from reproducing or killing a native species young. There are indirect threats of invasive species as well. Invasive species can cause the food web in an ecosystem to crumble or destroy, replacing native food sources in the process. Not to mention, the invasive species may provide little to no food value for native wildlife, meaning that they are just going to continue to reproduce their population, growing fast and quick. Invasive species can also alter the abundance or diversity of species that are important to the habitat for native wildlife. Aggressive plant species like kudzu can quickly replace a diverse ecosystem with a monoculture of just kudzu. Additionally, some invasive species are capable of changing the conditions in an ecosystem, such as changing soil chemistry or the intensity of wildfires. <clears throat> Welcome to the second segment of the day. As this is the first episode, allow me to explain. Every episode, we will have three segments: grazing ag, which is our main segment. Quarantine Fun, where I give you ag games that you can play at home or virtually that will get you engaged with our agriculture topic of the episode. And lastly, Mindify Ags You a Question, where I answer your burning agriculture questions. These can range anywhere from FFA to animal sciences. If you want to submit your question, look out for my Instagram poll, which will be on my Instagram at legend underscore dairy underscore podcast. Go follow me and submit your questions. Anyways, let's go ahead and answer the question for today. The question for today is, what is FFA? The National FFA Organization, formerly known as Future Farmers of America, is a national youth organization geared towards middle and high school students. It aims to teach students about the broad field of agriculture, as well as leadership skills, career success, and personal growth. I am currently in FFA and can personally say that it is a wonderful program. It isn't just for farmers either, it is for anyone interested in the broad field of agriculture or even if you're just interested in the meetings and trips that go along with it. If you live in the US, Puerto Rico, Guam, or the Virgin Islands, see if there's a chapter near you and sign up now. Now let's talk about the economic effects of these invasive species. The economic and social impacts of invasive species include both direct effects of a species on property values, agricultural productivity, public utility operations, native fisheries, tourism, and outdoor recreation, as well as costs associated with invasive species control efforts. A 2005 study estimated that the economic damages associated with invasive species in the United States reached approximately $120 billion a year. A similar estimate was found in a study that was conducted in 2012. Some more in-depth examples of these major costs include If zebra and quagga mussels invade the Columbia River, they could cost hydroelectric facilities alone up to 250 to $300 million annually. This does not include costs associated with environmental damages or increased operating expenses to hatcheries and water divisions. Annually, the Massachusetts Department of Conservation and Recreation spends $250,000 on staff, $30,000 on equipment, and $25,000 on publications related to zebra mussels prevention and control. The state will spend an annual $71,000 over five months to install new boat ramp monitors for zebra mussels. An aquatic invasive plant Eurasian watermilfoil reduced Vermont lakefront property values up to 16% and Wisconsin lakefront property values by 13%. From 2010 to 2020, an invasive forest pathogen called Sudden Oak Death is projected to cost $7.5 million in tree treatment, removal, and replacement costs. Corresponding to a $135 million loss in residential property values for California. Salt cedar, an invasive tree, costs the western states $450 to $2,800 annually per 2.5 acres in water loss, as well as flood control losses, eradication, and revegetation projects are estimated to be $7,400 per 2.5 acres annually black and Norway rats cost stored grains and destroyed other property values over 19 billion dollars annually non-native species born in the ballast or holes of ships cost the Great Lakes region 200 million dollars to control U.S. agriculture loses $13 billion annually in crops from invasive insects, such as vine mealybugs. More specific examples of these economic effects relating to specific species and plant species include nutria. Nutria originally introduced for the fur trade. NUTRIA destroyed large areas of marshlands, causing significant landscape changes and erosion that threatened pollution and storm surge control, recreational and commercial fisheries, and habitats for native species. In 2005, the service and its partners spent $2 million working with 15 trappers to eradicate over 8,000 NUTRIA from Maryland's Blackwater National Wildlife Refuge thus helping to preserve local commercial fisheries and ecotourism valued at $15 million annually. However, other nutria populations remain in Maryland and in other states. In Louisiana, for example, an estimated population of 20 to 30 million nutria continue to destroy thousands of acres of wetland each year. Asian carp. Asian carp, which we introduced through the aquaculture industry are ferocious eaters that threaten native fisheries including the seven billion dollars great lakes fisheries spend large silver carp leading out of the water at the sound of boat engines also collide with and injure boaters invasive species already have been implicated in adverse effects of up to 46 percent of the great lakes endangered species an introduction of Asian carp to the region could cause further harm. In 2010 alone, the federal government committed $78.5 million in investments to prevent the introduction of Asian carp to the Great Lakes, where they would threaten Great Lake fisheries and could negatively impact remaining populations of endangered and threatened aquatic species. Burmese pythons in Florida are known to eat Wood Storks and Key Largo Wood Rats, both federally endangered species. From 1999 to 2009, federal and state agencies spent $1.4 million on Key Largo Wood Rat recovery and $101.2 million on Wood Stork recovery. The introduction of a reproducing population of non-native pythons places additional pressure on these two species. Many large constrictor snakes can live in habitats and climates in our states and insular territories, and their introduction and spread could threaten other populations of endangered or threatened species. Lionfish. The Indo Pacific lionfish, which likely was introduced to the U.S. waters through the saltwater aquarium trade, has become widely established along the southeast United States coast and the Caribbean Sea in less than a decade. Lionfish have been found as far in the north as offshore of New York. Lionfish have established dense populations in the Gulf of Mexico and off the coast of South America. Recent estimates indicate that lionfish have surpassed some native marine fish in population numbers. Some reports estimate that more than 1,000 lionfish per acre in some locations. These fish are voracious eaters, and their swines are venomous to humans. Lionfish are already estimated to reduce native fish recruitment by 79%. This species has the potential to harm economically important fisheries, including snapper and grouper fisheries, coral reef conservation efforts and tourism. As you can see, these animals have many negative effects on the environment. So now the burning question, how can we solve this problem? Well, One way that you can help to curb the spread of invasive species is to plant native plants and remove any invasive plants in your garden. There are many good native plant alternatives to common exotic ornamental plants. In addition, learn to identify invasive species in your area and report any sightings to your county extension agent or local land manager. Regularly clean your boots, gear, Boats, tires, and other equipment you use outdoors to remove insects and plant parts that may spread invasive species to new places. When camping, buy firewood near your campsite within 30 miles instead of bringing your own from home and leave any extra for the new campers. Invertebrates and plants can easily hitch a ride on firewood you haul to or from a campsite. You could inadvertently introduce an invasive species to a new area. After learning about the harm of invasive species, what do you think? You can tell me on my Instagram at legend underscore dairy underscore (coughs) podcast. Welcome to our last segment of the day, quarantine fun. For today's game, we have a survival game. This activity is to introduce you to the competition for resources when a change in the ecosystem occurs because an invasive species became established. Your object is to survive as long as you can. I found this game online and the link to the instructions will be on my Instagram at legend__dairy__podcast. Adapt the game to the amount of players you have and play in person or virtually. Go check that out and play with your friends. That is all for today's episode. I hope you learned something new about invasive species. I'll see you next time. This was your host, Kira Hamilton. See you in the next episode.